Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Big show for you today. Big interview. Special guest. Very special guest. Mel Tucker, the Michigan State head coach, coming off an 11-2 season. The Spartans just won the Peach Bowl. Huge year in Mel Tucker's second year in East Lansing. Sat down and talked to him about his season, but also about something that, that's very special to me and, and also pretty special to Mel. Uh, Mel is a big part of a book that I helped write that is coming out at the beginning of February. And, and that book is called Getting to Neutral, How to Conquer Negativity and Thrive in a Chaotic World. And it's a follow-up to a book that I helped a guy named Trevor Moad write called It Takes What It Takes. And Trevor was the mental conditioning coach who worked with Alabama. He worked with Florida State when Jimbo Fisher was there. He worked with Georgia. Uh, Mel Tucker had him working at Colorado and at Michigan State. And Trevor and I got to know each other because I was doing stories on him while he was working with, with Alabama and Florida State. And he got a book deal a few years ago. And he called me and he said, hey, would you be willing to help me write the book? And I, I was honored and had a lot of fun writing it. And so the book did fairly well despite being released in a pandemic. And they said, sure, we'd love to have a second one. Now, the, the catch was that shortly after we finished the first one, Trevor was diagnosed with cancer. And he didn't tell a whole lot of people, didn't try not to talk about it very much, but was going through chemo and radiation, had made a bunch of major surgeries and just sort of worked his way through it. And we ended up making the second book about his fight with cancer and about what you can do to try to stay neutral when the world is just feels like it's caving in around you. And uh, the pandemic plus fighting cancer for Trevor, that's, that's how that felt just about every day in 2020 and, and for a lot of 2021. And Mel and Trevor were obviously very well acquainted. They worked together, but Mel and Trevor had become great friends. And Mel was with Trevor through every step of his fight with cancer, you know, uh, spending days with him doing chemo, being there when he was recovering from surgery. And so they were very good friends. And we got this second book done in the late spring, early summer. And I, I kind of got a sense that, that something was up with Trevor and uh, he would, we talked still and, but it, it seemed like things were a little bit different. And then in September, we get the call that something's really wrong. He's gone into the hospital and, and he may not be coming out. And he passed on September 15th. And this book meant so much to him because it is what he had hoped to kind of pass along. It, it, he, he learned it working with all these good college teams. Uh, he worked with Russell Wilson extensively since Russell entered the NFL. Uh, he's worked with Major League Baseball teams. He's worked with NBA teams. And so it was, it was really cool putting us all together. And we thought we had, okay, this is, this is great. This is even better than the first book. And then we lose him. And it was just, just gut-wrenching, heartbreaking. Uh, Mel, same thing. You know, this is a guy who had helped Mel establish his program at Michigan State and, and given him advice every step of the way. And so it, it was a tough, tough fall for us trying to deal with this. But the lessons that, that Trevor passed along to us, I mean, I use them in my daily life. And I'm not saying this just because I want you to, to buy the book. I, I, it helps me. It has always helped me 
deal with all the stuff that, that comes along. And, you know, Mel talked about it too, in terms of establishing his program. Remember when he got hired at Michigan state, it was very late in the process. Uh, it was, I believe it was the right before signing day or right after signing day that, that Mark D'Antonio had stepped down and then the pandemic hits. So Mel really had no time to do anything with his team. And then the big 10, wasn't going to play, then they were going to play, then they weren't going to play, and then they were going to play again. So they had to deal with all that stuff. And and the the neutral thinking and all of the things that, that Trevor worked to teach athletes through the years, it came in real handy as they were establishing that program. So Mel and I talked a lot about that. So it's not it's not just about this this great season that Michigan State just had, but about how he got them to this great season because there was a lot of foundation that had to be laid through a really, really tough 2020. So here's me and Mel, and hopefully Trevor, you're up there listening somewhere. Here with Coach Mel Tucker, the Michigan State Spartans, and, and Mel, you were at the coaches' convention. You, you did a keynote speech for thousands of people today. <laughs> the first time you were here in 1997, you were GA at Michigan State, you slept on the floor. What does it feel like to go from – Sleeping on the floor at a place to speaking to the thousands of people at the place. Uh, no, I, I was very grateful, and uh, it was kind of a surreal experience because, you know, I, I do um, vividly remember uh, sleeping on my on on the floor in a, my friend's uh, hotel room, and uh, and in my first convention, and just my mind being blown with you know, how many coaches were here and then going into the sessions and, and listening to the the head coaches speak and, and uh just being in awe of the the entire the entire process and then uh when Todd Berry asked me if I would if I would be willing to speak, I said absolutely. You know, I, I jumped at the opportunity. Um it was it was something that uh you know actually I, I never uh I never thought that I would ever have the opportunity opportunity to do. Well, and you said something that I thought was interesting because I thought it, it kind of explained your view of the world. You were talking about when you were here that first time, and you were the GA, you were a GA at Michigan State for for Nick Saban, and you were looking around at all these other people, and it wasn't so much you know you see Philip Fulmer and the famous coaches yeah, at the time, no. but you looked at the people who were looking for GA jobs, and you realized. How many of them would kill to be a GA at Michigan State? Oh, and no how much doubt. You needed to work. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it was it was it made me really really appreciate the opportunity that I that I that I had, and I I was uh, I knew Nick Saban. He recruited me when I was in high school. He gave, he gave me a chance to start coaching at Michigan State, and uh, but until I actually came to the convention, I didn't actually really understand the 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 scope of what the opportunity was yeah and so it was uh it was actually uh it was it was actually very very motivating for me and when I returned I actually had even more appreciation for what coach Saban had done for me well you had a a point in your speech that you had me for 10 seconds because (laughs) you're talking about you know you you want to make sure everybody first of all your flair guys. I, if you don't know, if you play for Mel Tucker, 
You better not have flair. You better not be wearing the little streamers around your your biceps or all that. I was laughing my butt off when you're talking about that because when I was in high school, we had this dude who was Mr. Flair. I, I will call him uh, Steve Sanders. That's not his real name. That's some guy from 90210. But my defensive coordinator stopped a film session for 10 minutes to just destroy this guy for using an entire roll of athletic tape to spat his shoes and then and then getting burned on a double move. And he's like, if you are going to look like that, you had better cover somebody. So when you were talking about how that that Peyton Thorne must prove he needs a towel, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, no, it's and it's real. And the and the guys that they understand it and and uh, you know, and and sometimes I joke around with him. I mean, because Peyton, I mean, he's he's a, he's a quarterback. You gotta a, have a towel. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's got to have a towel. And he, I mean, he's a coach's kid. I mean, he's as he's as hardcore as they come. You know, and uh, but uh, you know, our guys understand what 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 flair is, and that we don't tolerate it. And uh, and and they they get on each other. You know, and oh, they, yeah. they you know they 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 bring it to my attention too. They say, hey, coach, you know, I. I, I think we got a flare issue over here. They'll point to a guy. <laughs> so I think go over there and, you know, do a little investigation, you know. You, and you were talking about, I, I believed you for 10 seconds. You were talking about the, the next thing, you're, you're trying to convince the athletic department to buy this. You were going to buy a shoot that covered the whole field on your indoor. For those who've never played football before, specifically those who've never played on, on the offensive or defensive line, the shoots are the thing that every football team has that makes sure you stay low. It's a big old iron that's made of iron pipes and they're, they're about three feet off the ground and you do line drills underneath, you board drills underneath them. And basically, if you don't stay low, they will give you a headache. And <laughs> so you you told your team, I'm going to have, I'll shoot, just drop. And, I, and for a second there, I'm thinking, well, it is the Big Ten. They have a lot of money. Could they really do that? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, it, you know, actually... I actually, I actually thought about it, and I said, you know, because uh, when I look up in, in on the ceiling in our indoor, you know, there's some batting cages up there, and they, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. drop they down and bring it like, yeah. and drop down. I said, hey, that'd be great if we could, if we could just, uh, you know, get a shoot, you know, and just and just drop, drop just just drop it down, and uh, and then uh, I, I brought it up to the coaching staff, and they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, well, you know what, I'm gonna take it to the players. I'm I'm gonna tell them that I raised the money, and it's it, it's coming. Because it was, it was it was we were going to emphasize power level that day, and uh, and I and I had I had a whole bunch of those guys, you know, thinking that that was going to happen, and I think some of them still do think maybe during spring ball that coach is serious, man. That, coach coach is playing. <laughs> I love that. We'll be right back after these words. We talked a lot last summer. Um, you worked with Trevor Moat, who uh, the late great Trevor Moat, he uh, mental conditioning coach. He worked with Alabama, worked with Georgia, with Florida State, yep. and um, Trevor and I wrote a book together called "It Takes What It Takes." And um, and you and Trevor became very very close friends. Yep. You, you were with him throughout his battle with cancer. Yep. And uh, we we finished our second book over the summer before he passed and. So it's coming out in February, but I, I wanted to talk to you because you are such a big part of it and explaining, we have a whole chapter where you talk about, you know, instilling the culture that first year. Yep. And, and I'm curious because we've talked so much about what you guys did in the transfer portal this year, yep. but how much 
of those guys that you inherited just buying in in a really tough situation mm-hmm. in 2020 built an 11 win team this year it was it was it was huge because uh you know during during that that covid time you know that the the most important thing was keeping the guys keeping them healthy and and keeping them safe and uh but the the next order of business was was shifting the culture and um a a, a huge uh and and Trevor was a big part of that. Yeah, he was he was helping you yeah, out. Yeah, he you know we were doing zooms uh, regularly with him while he was going through chemo, not telling you knew everything that was right. going on. He's going through chemo, not telling anybody exactly, and tell and, and and getting these kids fired up and and teaching them everything. Yeah, and they and they and they and they bought into it. You know, uh, you know, uh, and I I asked the players because I would have individual meetings with all of the guys, and I would ask them. The same set of questions, and one of the sets of questions was, you know, how do you feel about, you know, the the speakers that we we have come, you know, uh, you know, Zoom with us, mm-hmm. and they all said that they that Trevor was their favorite, their favorite, uh, their favorite speaker. And you guys taught all the stuff that that Trevor would teach, and and so it takes what it takes was kind of the, if you take you know one of Trevor's first presentations, if a mm-hmm. team hired him. It takes what it takes is basically the first couple of days you'd spend with Trevor. Yep. And I, I'm curious with the players, which were what were the the ones the the different lessons that stuck out to them the most? I think I I think I know the answer, but I'm I'm curious what what they said. Well, uh, I know that I know that um, uh, it I know that neutral thinking is is big on is big on in our organization yes. N- not just with our not just with our players but with with everyone in the organization the the coaches the support staff the in the weight room everything like the the piece of neutral thinking and and, and understanding that uh is is a cornerstone I mean, y'all had of, to do that to survive 2020 yeah we 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 had to do that to 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 survive and it was and it was it was daily yeah, I mean it was it was it was hourly. Yeah, because you know, it's, it's you're playing, you're not playing. Here's the rules. The rules have changed, and yeah, it was a constant. It was it, everything. Everything was changing. It was changing by the minute. It was changing by the day. And there were there were un, there were uh, there were more unknowns than yeah. than knowns. Uh, but the the neutral thinking it just cuts through all of that. Yeah, yeah, and I liked you. You were talking to the coaches today, and, and you said it in a way that that. Even Trevor and I had not figured out how to say it, and I, I, I'm going to start using this when people ask me about it. You said because Trevor always talked about judgment free. You you, right. you look at a situation without judgment. You go to the facts, and you said a situation is is neither right nor wrong. Like right. you can't look at it like what is this doing to me? That's wrong, or or this is what I want. You just have to look at it on its face. For here is what is happening to me right now. Yes, and based on all that I know and the knowledge that I've accumulated and the experience I have, right. this is the next step. Right. And, and this is, it, it, you have to train yourself to do that. Yeah. Um, because it's really, you know, sometimes the harsh reality of the situation. Um, and uh, it, you're, it's, it's almost, uh, you're, what, you're, you're actually wasting time. Uh, complaining you're, you're, about you're, it or, wasting or being energy. happy, yeah. but excited about it either way. It's, yeah. it's a waste of time. Yeah. It, it's really, it's really a waste of time. And it, because what creates the outcomes is, is, the, is our behaviors or actions and, and the actions have to be based upon 
you know, facts and the truth of what you uh, what you need to do. Yeah. And and you you can't uh, and you have to you have to own that mm-hmm. and and you have to uh, and and you have to think in in that way and that's and that and that that allows us that allowed us to to uh, move through the COVID year. It allowed us to it allowed us to uh, own. Uh, you know, a two and five record. Mm-hmm. It, it allowed us to uh, to move into you know move into what was next for us, what, which right. was our you know out of season conditioning program and things like that. It, it, which it, was your first chance to really yeah. establish that. Exactly, it was yeah. the first chance to be able to, to to dig in with our guys and 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 really and really you know uh, you know implement our our entire program. But uh, you know, we use it. Um, in every in everything that we do, so I, I'm curious because for the book and and we talked about this over the summer. So your season hadn't happened yet. We didn't know it was going to happen in your season, but we talked a lot about the second half of the Indiana game. Mm-hmm. First half was a disaster. Yeah. If you look at the final score, the whole thing's a disaster. Yeah. But if you're the coach and you have to watch the film, you look at the second half and you see some seeds of something. Yeah, and that led into you guys beating Northwestern. Yep. which was the the Big Ten West champ that year. Yep. How much of what those players learned those few weeks came out in, say, the Nebraska game, the Michigan game this year? Yeah, well, you know, our our guys, um, it 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 really be it it was about the the levels of of competency that yeah. that Trevor and I would talk about all the time, and and uh, we were we were uh, we were un- unconsciously competent. Yep. Uh, in 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 the in year one. Yeah, and and for the folks who read the self help books, we did. We Trevor had a different way of of teaching it because in sports it works differently. Like in the in the self help world, unconscious competence is the best. And what that means is like you're a chef, and you can chop an onion in ten seconds without even thinking about it, and your hands just move. But that doesn't work in the sport. You have to know why things are working. That's right. Like in the sports world, you hit unconscious competence first. If you're a really good athlete and, and you can flip your hips and suddenly you can recover or you can cover receivers very well. Right. But when you get consciously confident, then you know why you have inside leverage on this play and why you have outside leverage yeah. on this play. And, that's right. and, and so that's, I, I want to make sure, cause I know every time we talk about that, people are like, no, that's not how it works, but that is how it works in sports. Yeah. That's, that's how it works for us uh, because it is critical. It's critically important that our guys understand uh, why they have success? Yeah, and 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 if they don't understand that, then they can't they can't repeat it. Yeah, they don't know you know how you know how they made a catch, how they won a one on one battle. They they just it happened and they they can't do it again. So so the, the, you know you're up you you know you you turn the ball over uh you know seven times against Rutgers in the first game and 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 then the the next week against the school down the road you don't turn it over at all you went on the road and then you yeah. you know then the next week you lose and then you know then you beat Northwestern undefeated then yep. you know it you're up and down like a yo-yo and so a big part of what we needed to do was make sure make sure that our our guys we we analyzed everything and broke it down and said this is why this is happening mhm this is why this is why we lost. This I, is why I we feel won. Like this generation of player appreciates when you explain why more than any other has. Oh, they 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 want to they want to know why. Uh, it, it and it it really it, it goes beyond 
you know, it, it used to be back in the day where the coach tells you to do something, you do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then it became, well, the, the the players want to know, well, why do you want me to do that? But but now it's even beyond that. It, they they want to know really the the nuts and bolts of you know how do we how do we arrive to this point? You know why not not that I'm questioning what we're doing. It's like right. I want to know. I want to understand. I want to yeah. understand yeah. it because I want to be able to unwind it. I want to be able to. I want to be able to know everything about. It. I want to be able to understand. I want to be able to, to teach someone else. I want to be. And so when they so if they get into a uh, if they don't have success, mm-hmm. they they know why. Yeah. Because they didn't do this, 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 and this. Right. And when they have success, they they know why. Yeah. It wasn't luck. It wasn't it. It was this, 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 and this. And so our our team actually became consciously competent uh, in a very uh, productive. Yeah. And you built leaders that way. And we built leaders yeah. because guys, they you know they felt like they could uh, they could lead. They could they could uh, they could they could confront. Their teammates and demand they could challenge guys or whatever because they they understood what was going on. I I, I love that you were talking about that to to the coaches today, yeah. the the confronting the interventions. These are things that that you can do in in your own life if you're not in sports. You can't do them maybe as aggressively as you you could in sports. But sure. everybody needs to be held accountable, and I think deep inside wants to be. I, I remember talking to Nick Saban about this, and he was yeah. explaining how he structured his organization yep. and how he was very deliberate about telling everybody exactly what their duties were. Right. Not just so that they didn't overreach, but also so they didn't waste any time. Right. And I was like, man, because I've worked in some places where I wish my bosses would just say, here's what we expect of you. Right. I feel like players are probably the same way. Players, coaches, support staff, everyone, they, they just tell me what, you know, what, what you want me to do, how you want me to do it, what is my job? And and because you everyone has to have a clear and defined roles. If you don't have that, then you really can't have co- consistent and authentic accountability. Yeah. And 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 uh and if you don't if you don't have accountability and people don't know their roles, then how can you have a functional organization or how can you uh how can you have uh how can you uh sustain success right so the other one and and you worked with Nick on the 2015 Alabama staff and yeah. this was his kind of theme that year and it's Trevor and I wrote about this in the in the book the illusion of choice which is one of my we had to fight to get that in the book cuz <laughs> and, and I love it and and it's one of those that people come up to me when we talk about it and they're like that was my favorite chapter and all that yeah. and and Trevor always had the best way of of illustrating it he would hold a bag of doritos in one hand right. and an apple in the other and it's like you got a choice but do you really have a choice <laughs> exactly if you if you want to be great right you know if you if you want to win if you want to have success i mean uh you, there's there's very there's very few choices um and my kids hate this but i have a 12 year old and 10 year old <laughs> and we i i say that to them i like look you can do this if you want but it won't get you what you want it, yeah, and and it, it, it but and it's true, and it and it actually, it actually resonates with the players. Yeah, it really does because deep down they do know they know the truth. They yeah. they it, all of these things that we're talking about, we 
were able to get buy-in because it makes sense and it's and it's true. They yeah. they know inherently they understand. Yeah. I'm hey, supposed to go to bed. I'm yeah. not supposed to stay up till yeah. three in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If I want to be at my best tomorrow tomorrow morning yeah. and compete at the highest level in the practice, then I need to I need to get in the bed. I need to shut my phone off and. There's really no choice yeah. if, if you want to be great, if you want to be good, if you want to win. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. What was it like for you seeing those guys, one, learn it, and, and two, benefit from it? Like get to enjoy the, the actual success that, that you've been saying, if you do this, this is what will happen. Yeah, it was very gratifying and... Um, and and beyond winning football games, I know that these are uh, tools. These are lessons um, that these these young men can take beyond football. Yeah, I mean, in in any any endeavor that they that they choose, these concepts. Are are critically important. They, and and I, and the other thing is what I the other thing that I've noticed is that our fans, our donors, they they hear our players say these mm-hmm. things. Yep. They hear me say these things, and it resonates with them. Yeah. So now there's alignment. Yeah, there's alignment with 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 our fan base. There's alignment with our with our donors, and they say, "Hey, that's our donors said that, that's how I run my business." Right, and and you guys speak a so you you speak the same language when you hear your players talk. Right, they speak that language, and it's you know because Trevor worked with Georgia for the first four years, first well, first five years that Kirby was there, and so you heard them. Throughout this whole national title yeah. run, those players talk about. You heard Kirby Smart talking about the aggregate of marginal gains, which is yes. something that Trevor borrowed from, I believe, the Navy SEALs. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is. It's it, it's it's very interesting to see all the the seeds and uh, yeah, when 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 you were speaking today and you said success leaves clues, I got a little <laughs> a little choked up because I I miss Trevor a lot. I I, yeah. was one of the, I woke up the other day and I was like, man, I wish I could call Trevor and ask him about the the Georgia Alabama national title game. Cause I know he's got thoughts. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I, I felt the same way. I mean, it, it's, I miss him immensely. And, uh, the, the, the things that he taught me, uh, and he taught our team. I mean, these are, these are, these are everyday life yeah. deals that, I mean, these are tools that we use every day to, 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 to get the, to get the job done or to, to get through, a tough, a tough uh, stretch, and I and I was just so uh, used to texting Trevor. Yeah, he was or, a great sounding board. Yeah, or calling him or getting a text from him. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, after after games, you know, uh, after he he passed, you know, I would just instinctively go to my phone and and look yeah. for a, a text from him, and yeah. it wasn't there. And 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 you know. Toward the end, because he would never say I'm struggling or this is hard. Yeah. He he'd be in chemo, and he'd send you a selfie with his new sunglasses on. <laughs> like, don't I look good? Yeah, he or, or radiation, and, and it's just like, I wish I could have that attitude. I wish I could just yeah. work that hard and and put everything else aside. 
Yeah, I, I I've never. Um, he's just uh, he, he's he's an extraordinary. He was an extraordinary person, and I can remember uh, traveling out uh, out to L.A. Uh, and uh, sitting with him through ten hours of chemo. Yeah, and I had I had never I had never I had never done that before. I had never seen chemo. I didn't yeah. I didn't know anything, and it was uh, it was a uh, it was something to see him go through it in the way it was his 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 mental approach he had a plan oh yeah he had a plan on how he was going to how he was going to handle everything he had a plan on where he was going to sit when right. when Refu- he was going when he was going to sit yeah. in the main chair exactly. when he was diagnosed with cancer he refused to sit in the chair that is reserved for the patient because he did not want to feel like he was he was he was moving into the hospital it was it uh, it was uh it was it was very inspirational and um and you know i was you know i was that day i can remember i was i was with him the whole time and and uh you know we talked and and you know afterwards we 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 had a little food and we then i and then i went you know i went back to my hotel and i just broke down yeah I just broke down because I was I was overwhelmed. You don't understand how tough somebody is until yeah. you see something like that, and and that's what I I just the part that amazed me the most was he did an entire season with Georgia football, and this is not by Zoom. This is pre-pandemic. He's he's flying back and forth, going through chemo, and didn't tell a soul. None of them knew, and he didn't let on. And I I just wish I could be. I hope. If I have to, I can be that tough in my life. Yeah. It, so. I, I, when you talk about when you talk about toughness uh, and mental conditioning, yeah, and, you know, and mental toughness. Uh, I mean, I've never, I've never, I've never seen, seen anything like it because he and, and he was always encouraging us. Through this time, yes. it, it was always he's never he was, worried about. Yeah, he never wanted you to worry about him. No, it wasn't even that. Wasn't even first part, question part of out of his mouth. How's your family? What? Yeah. What, what, what are you? What are you doing? What, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> just none, and, and and then you come to you. You start talking, and you find out. Oh, he's in the hospital three days in a row. He has this appointment, this appointment, and you're like, don't you ever worry about? But he lived it, and that's why yeah. I, I, I'm so excited for people to read this second book because yeah. this, this is. The, the message he wanted everybody to to understand and and that when you're fighting something and when you're when you're dealing with something there's a way to manage it, it yeah even even if it's not winnable and right. and he he wouldn't admit that no. it wasn't winnable no uh, and, and I'll tell you what I, I um you know he 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 had a plan he had a process and they, and he he practiced what he preached um and there was never one moment where I, where I thought that he wasn't going to beat it. Yeah, I yeah. just, I just, I just, it never, it never even crossed my mind that he wasn't going to beat it. Yeah. And I was in total shock when I got, when I got, when I got that that call that he was in, that he was in trouble uh, yeah. that that night. Yeah, I just, it, it was, I had a suspicion that he knew more than he'd let on. Yeah, and. Get the, and that's what 
I, I'm just glad we got the book done because this is this is kind of like a, a li living testament to to everything he taught. And you know, I, I we're not supposed to cheer for teams or anything else, no. but <laughs> when I would see your team succeeding and knowing what you were telling them, and because I, you know, Trevor and I had spent months and months yeah. and months and years talking about this stuff yeah. to put in the first book, like to see it working in real yeah. time and to yeah. see it helping people get through it. Oh. We had, you know, we had, we had a guy who ran a medical company reach out to us mm. and said, you help your book helped us manage the pandemic yeah. with our company and help maybe, maybe save some people's lives because we made better decisions yeah. while throughout this thing. And it's like, Holy crap. Yeah. I so, mean, I, I gave I gave that book I sent that book to as many people as I could. I, I gifted the book. I mean, people I would give them the book one day. They would call me the very next day and say I I, I they I couldn't put it down. I yep. read it. It changed my total outlook. I, I, and, every time I saw you <laughs> on the sideline with that the, the, the cover on the back of your, yeah. your your clipboard, it just made me smile. So I, I thank you for, for the time and, and yep. for sharing some memories because yeah, this is this is therapeutic a little bit for yeah. me because I, I miss him too, and uh, I uh, I just hope folks can maybe check it out and uh, it 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 will help you. It it help help me. It's helped me deal with losing Trevor. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it uh, it was uh, it, it it helped me uh, deal with losing him as well um, because you know I kept. I I just go back to the principles and I and I, I would say okay now what would Trevor say yeah you know what what would he you know and he'd, what, he'd say what's yeah. what is the what is the next <laughs> yeah what do you, what, step for what, me? What, what's, what's the next, next step yeah the next the next right step and that's what that's right it, it's funny I, I love talking to coaches who use it mm. um, Corey Close who's the the women's basketball coach at UCLA mm. she's the one who one actually was one of her players who came up with the phrase next right step. Mm. They had studied the book uh, mm. during the pandemic because they couldn't practice. So yep. Corey wanted to to have them still working through through the the pandemic, and they were using it when they got back on the court. And that was during a timeout. One of the players said, "What's the next right step? What would what if you if we're thinking neutrally? What's the next right step?" And it's like, huh, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's it's helped so many people. It's it's, it's helped me. Um, and you know, I actually personally dedicated, you know, my coaching efforts um, this season to Trevor, um, just you know, personally, just within myself. Um, and and uh, I mean, I I can I can you know remember you know games this season like you know being down you know being down on in in the uh, on the scoreboard you know being down double digits. I can. I can, uh, you know, and I can, I can remember going back. Okay, neutral thinking. Okay, what what is the situation? Yep. I'm not going to judge what, it. What Good, does this bad, require yeah, of me? Yeah, exactly. What do I need? What do yep. what do I need to do right now? What do we need to do right now? And then what's the next step? Yep. And then and then and just and we're going to keep going. Yep. we're going to keep going. And 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 that's the way. That's part. That's part of our culture, and it's. That's never going to change. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you guys do with it next. That was a hell of a season, Coach. So thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.